This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com This podcast is brought to you by Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with the mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcasts and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. A Kangaroo Fern production. Real up podcast syndicate. Hey, we can do is just get stops and run. Stops and run, guys. Push, push, push every time. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikdera. Tackles everything about the world of sports, especially the one close to the host heart. Basketball. Updates, discussion, clarification, name it. Extra session has it. Extra, extra, extra session with Kiko Malikdera. Okay, good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Extra Session with Kiko Malikdem here in Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, Philippines. Today, we're very fortunate to have with us, as a guest, a former PBA reinforcement. He played for the popular Pure Foods franchise in the 2005-2006 and 2009 season, wherein he was a judge as the best import in the PBA Fiesta Cup. His intensity and passion on the court helped the Pure Foods Chunky Giants to a runner-up finish. And because of this, he went on as one of the best imports of the said franchise. Without further ado, basketball fans, I present you Markin Chandler. Markin, good day. Uh, yeah, good day. How you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, everything is so laid back after, you know, the world of sports suddenly came to a halt because of pandemic. So uh, how are you? What's keeping you busy nowadays? My kids, <laughs> really keeping <laughs> me busy. Um, them, you know, um, dealing with this pandemic, trying to make sure they're not going stir crazy, being in the house too much. You know, um, trying to make sure you know mentally they're okay. Trying to stay up as good as we can on the education and doing this homeschooling stuff that everybody's dealing with now. Now, I'm sure it's a struggle. You know, just trying to make our way through. But they're doing good for the most part. I see. And since, uh, you know, uh, have you tried to play basketball already? Since, since, of course, we all know that since March, the world of sports, top professional playing. Have you tried to practice on your own? Yeah, I actually um, found a little league out here that they had going on. So I kind of like put myself in the league, uh, you know, a couple games in, but yeah, I have. That's probably the first time I really played since March. Since March, I probably played ooh, maybe two times, <laughs> and then I finally joined this league, and I played uh, two, uh, three games so far. So five times since March, man, it it, it hurts, man. Ball is life, man. <laughs> are you, you know, are you trying to adjust yourself? Of course, you haven't played for several months. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm. 
I'm actually trying to like get myself back in the basketball shape and so like now after every time I play I don't have to feel like crap the next day <laughs> trying to get my body back used to it but yeah it's been hurting now but I'm getting there so let's talk about your colorful colorful basketball career you know how did you actually start were you a really a basketball loving guy when you were still a small boy yeah ever since I was two years old my dad bought me a uh Uh, Dr. J basketball court, a little adjustable basketball court. Yeah. Ever since then, I haven't put a ball down, man. So since yeah. two years old, it's been my life. And of course, in college, you know, I started playing with George Washington University, uh, right. but then transferred to San Jose University. What was the yeah. reason behind this transfer? Um. It was a big thing that went on with the school and all our coaches got fired. So then a new coaching staff came in. Um, good guys, but you know, it's a lot of times when you're at college, if you get a coaching change, mm -hmm. um, you're usually not there recruit. So you sometimes like, you know, that first year is really hard to adjust because it's a coach coming into a new team that he hasn't recruited. He doesn't know any of the kids. He's kind of like, you know, okay, you guys are here, but next year it's like my first year because then I could recruit all my people and I, and you know, that was my that was my sophomore year. Um, that was like the time I felt like I could take that next step, but you know, kind of got derailed a little bit, so I didn't really feel like your podcast journey starts here. Take the first step on your side. Hustle with us. It starts with a great domain. Get your podcast web host with Beard and Coffee at www.beardandcoffee.com.au or find us at Facebook. It was a good situation anymore, so I transferred back home. And I just had my daughter, too, so I picked yeah. the school. So, but, of course, that move paid dividends in your career as you blossomed in San Jose. Uh, after college, you tried your luck in the NBA, right? In the summer league, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, you know, things didn't go your well, as planned, but right. then you, you, you. What was the factor, in your opinion, that could have landed you a spot in the NBA, if ever? What you mean? Why I didn't? Feel, why yes. Didn't? Yes. Uh, I feel like uh, my coach, my coach didn't push me as much, like. Mm -hmm. But it was like Rocky, it was like Rocky, he ended up getting fired. He ended up having getting caught having like two DUIs and a hit and run and all that stuff. So people don't know, like my senior year was like crazy, man. Mm. Like my coach went to jail mid-season. Like it was, it was a crazy year. So I think that, and just the fact that I wasn't at a big school. I see. You know, if mm. I was at, if I would have did the same thing I did there at a bigger school, I would have probably walked in the NBA. Yeah, I understand. Now, you were able to show your skills in front of the Filipino, you know, after the NBA tryout, mm -hmm. uh, after you suited up for the Pure Foods team. How were you able to travel and play in the PBA? Did, I mean, did someone recruit you? Someone invited you? What happened? How, how, were, how were you able to play in the PBA? It happened by accident. <laughs> you don't know. Um, when, when I did the summer league with the Kings, 
I couldn't get anything guaranteed. So took a deal in Belgium that same year. Okay. But um, my junior year of college going into my senior year that summer, yes. I got I got in a really bad motorcycle accident, almost died. Oh I got trapped under a car. I was like, I was like, you know, I had to get rushed to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So so in during that motorcycle accident, I like tore my left shoulder up, like dislocated everything. Like I played my entire senior season in an arm sling. Yeah. Like after every game, you know, the doctors, I had doctors note that after every game, two days I would have to leave my arm in the sling and I couldn't practice. So I went to Belgium first. Mm-hmm. And I was playing, we were training in Italy. And I tried to go through a screen. I was playing defense. I tried to go through a screen and my arm got tangled and my shoulder popped out mid-game. Um Italy. And even my coaches and them knew I had a shoulder that I had a shoulder issue. When it popped out in the game, they was like, it's too early for this. Cause it was still preseason. So yeah. You know, they was like, nope. They changed me up, sent me back home. And um, when I got back home, I, I don't think I was here that long. Um, my agent called me and said, hey, um, this this team in the Philippines wants you. I think you should take this because you got a really good recommendation from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing the Filipino people don't know is Coach Ryan, who was our coach, they he never saw me play. Yeah. <laughs> He never seen me play at all. He didn't see any game tape. He never saw anything about me. He just, because he, he told me the story, he got a call from a scout from the Toronto Raptors. Oh, Jim uh, Kelly? <laughs> Jim Kelly? Something like that? I think so. <laughs> I think so. so he said, uh, if that's who it is, he said, Jim called him and said, hey, this guy just became available. You better go get him. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I, that's how I ended up getting to the Philippines. Wow. So, you know, uh, they took a gamble <laughs> without seeing you out. Uh, Big gamble. <laughs> yeah. But then, of course, you surprised everyone with your play, you know, um, as you led the team to victories. Can you describe, I mean, what was the fondest memories of your play in the PBA? Are you a podcaster who's getting frustrated because your show results are not in your favor? Are you losing hope because you feel like podcasting doesn't help you generate income? Are you a podcast service provider who is struggling to meet your clients' expectations? If yes, head on to www.podkai.com. Book a call with the founder of Podkai Media, Kai Villanueva, and get clear and proven strategies to earn through podcasting. That year or just overall? Overall. It was everything for me. It was like, this rhyme I had to talk a little bit. Um, <laughs> so going, when I first got there, what people don't know is, like I told you, Coach Ryan never saw me. Yes. So when I got there, they only heard about me. So when I got the plane and they saw me, as you guys know, I was slim. Yes. <laughs> I, I wasn't like a really big, you know, you know how you guys are used to getting really big, strong ex-NBA players and stuff. Yes. I was slender. So like I told you, they, they never seen me before. So they was like, this can't be this guy. <laughs> He's too small. So uh, 
So, you know, when you come in from uh, from San Francisco airport where I came in, you used to get in at like three, four in the morning. So I got in, the first thing they did was take me to McDonald's <laughs> and they took me to Gold's gym at five in the morning. Wow. And said, oh, go lift weights. We want to see you, your weight regimen. We want to see you lift. And I was <laughs> <laughs> I'm like five in the morning. I just got off a 13 hour flight. Like it's the middle of the night here, but I feel like I'm, it's, you know, it's the middle of the day at home. So I'm like all thrown off, you know. Um, <laughs> so five in the morning, they try to make me lift weight. So I was mad and I picked up like a five pound weight and I was curling it, like looking at them like this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so after that, they saw I wasn't going to lift. So they was like, all right, I wouldn't drop my bags off. Then they took me straight to practice. And wow. as you know, I'm a player, like as you guys got to witness, you know, um, and it always didn't help. Some of the times I went, you know, I had bad choices at times out there. But um, <laughs> when they took me to practice, I was just so mad that it was like, whoever you put in front of me, I'm going to destroy. So when practice started, that's when they got to see Chandler. Wow. <laughs> I just so, ran across the board and made sure everybody in that practice felt me. And then they <laughs> let me, they sent me home, say, go have a couple days off, and <laughs> let me rest and get adjusted. And then that's when everything just started clicking. Yeah. So the but key my, was the McDonald's and the Gold's Gym. <laughs> so the key was the McDonald's and the Gold's Gym. <laughs> yeah, that was the key. <laughs> That was the key. <laughs> but my but one of my one of my best memories there that I hold near and dear to my heart was um like where I come from, I come from Oakland. Yeah, Oakland, California. If you know Oakland is a really rough, tough place to grow mm -hmm. up in. So I always had this picture in my mind of like, I got it so bad. I had it so bad. I had to persevere through a lot of stuff. Yeah. And when I got to the Philippines. I couldn't understand why everybody was so nice with the with the conditions of certain areas. Yes. I couldn't understand why you guys were so nice. Like mm -hmm. I would have been mad because I think that's was like that's like an American thing. Like you gotta be mad. But you guys were so welcoming, like so loving. Like, and I like it took me a long time to adjust to that. Like, wow, like you guys are the nicest people and there's no and it's, it's not a podcast thing because you know if anybody that know me know i love the philippines but that's all i trusted you guys to have my daughter birth there and everything oh. um you guys made me feel so welcome that i had to make sure i gave pure food everything i see and it showed in the court <laughs> i felt like you guys welcomed me in and at that time, you know, I was rough. I was like, you know, I was kind of crazy a little bit, um, <laughs> but it was just my upbringing, you know, and like, you guys made me feel comfortable. That's why I never left Pure Foods. I see. That's why I never went to any other team. I had, I could have went to Red Bull. Um, I heard some little sayings in the background and maybe some other teams, rest yeah. in peace, Cheryl, because that was a good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, you know, she was helping me out a lot of a lot of that time. Um, but that's why I stay with Pure Foods because I, I feel like how they welcome me in. So you want to start a podcast or perhaps you've already started one. 
but you're still unclear on how you can actually make this podcasting work. No worries. That's why we're here for you. We are Gorilla Podcast Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Join our network. Contact us at info at kangaroofern.com because we're stronger together. was like special. So any year was special. My MVP year, the first year, I think that was like my favorite team all time. I see. Yeah. And so, who, were, who were your close buddies in the team? <laughs> huh? Who were your close buddies in the Purefoot team? Everybody. Everybody. If you go look at like pictures from that time, mm-hmm. we always all did something together. I see. You know, even though I was like, I, I was close with, the closest I was early was Kirby. Oh, Kirby, yeah. Kirby, Kirby was my guy. It's still my guy, always my guy. Yeah. But Kirby was the one I connected with most. And then I think it was PJ. Oh. Because PJ see. was young and I was young. And so PJ used to like my moves. And he'd be like, man, show me, show me. So I said, hey. And then I caught James Young, too. So you got to understand, I caught James Yap Young fresh before he was James Yap, you know? Yeah. You know, but it was everybody, you know, it was it was all the guys. I see. You know, like every one of them, those was like, I think that's why that first year was so special. Even though we lost, and even though I I, I hate myself missing that that floater, because <laughs> I thought he was gonna take a charge. <laughs> um, that team was special, yeah. and and I know that team was special because right after that, Pure Foods won the All Filipino League. Mm-hmm. That next that next conference when there was no, they won. Yes, like and you know we were picked. I think to finish like six. Mm-hmm. Or something like that that season. Yeah, I see. And we, we lost in the finals, you know. And I think, you know, it was just a special team, a special time. Like, you could never duplicate that. Like, you know, Coach Ryan was young. That was his first coaching job. Yeah. That was his first year. <laughs> you know, like, we were all young. Like, hey, guys, let's figure this out, you know. <laughs> and we did. You know, and, you know, that, that team. But... You know, I always hung out with all the guys, uh, whoever. But, you know, the most was probably, was Kirby. Was Kirby. It was Kirby, PJ, James. Yeah. Well, uh, for, J- for, for PJ, well, he just retired this year from playing, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 And under, he's still under pure foots, you know, after all yeah, this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we had Kirby before, and, and I agree, you know, he's a very mellow and, you know, uh, very easy to approach with. That's why I, I was not surprised that you hit off with Kirby when you first arrived. <laughs> oh, yeah, nah, because Kirby was like the, he was almost like the young veteran. You know, he was like the captain. He was he was the guy. Kirby was the guy. Yeah. You know, Kirby was the guy I had to like, all right, Kirby, is me and you. We're the captains of this. Yes. Let's curate this and put this together and make something special. And, and Kirby was a special player. Like, Kirby was rock solid for us. I see. Rock no. solid. Like, I love playing with Kirby. That, of course, you, you first played uh, 2005, 2006 season. 
and then you returned to the team in 2009. Why, why did it take around four years before you came back? Um, because I did so well there with you guys. <laughs> I was getting calls from everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, um, and, you know, at that point, it's like when you play international, mm -hmm. sometimes you have to leave for a little while. Yes. And go play in certain places because mm -hmm. of the timing. And that's how, like, you increase your pay. Oh, so I see. It's like, you know, I was getting so many offers at that time in so many leagues, like if I go play a year or two over here, I would triple my payment. Wow. And it, so <laughs> it was kind of like one of them things. So I was like, I couldn't sell myself short, mm. but that's why I came back though. It was like the first time I got the chance to come back, I, I brought myself back, man. I came back <laughs> to you guys because I missed you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, were there, was there a time when you doubted your capabilities especially when the teams are trying to find a way to shut you down? No, I felt like for me, for me, the adjustment was the physicality because I was used to it. Okay. But I love the Philippines too because it's so passionate. But they kind of play, you know, every team had that reinforcement player that you see in the... They got five fouls. Yes. <laughs> so I think what was my thing wasn't even so much of the other players. It was me being able to control my own temper, mm -hmm. you know, um, because, you know, it was certain players that were good and physical. And it was just certain players that were just physical. I see. You know, it, it was more so can I control myself, mm -hmm. you know, at that time. I see. When you came back for the second the second campaign, 2009, the team yeah. fell short of its, you know, target. What do you think was the reason why the result didn't go to your team's favor? For one, it was a new team with some new players mm -hmm. that I think they didn't have it figured out yet before I got there. Oh, I see. Okay. When I got there, it was already turmoil. Oh. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak to it, you know, yeah. and, and and speak to behind what happens in locker room stuff. But mm -hmm. it it was it was some turmoil that year. Yes, that that we couldn't bring it together and overcome. Mm -hmm. Because you know, my first two years we had a core. We had a core group of players that was there every time. This time we had. And some additional players that wasn't. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Traditional peer food players. Okay. So like, it was like sometimes it was a tug of war. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you guys are good, but I'm here now kind of stuff. And it was like, you know, and then it also was like, no, this is our team. So we don't want to give the rope up. So it was a, it was a tug going on behind the scenes. Okay. And it was a tug going on from the players to the coach, to the coach, you know? So it was, it, I feel like on paper, that was probably the best team. I see. On paper. 
like you going down down the line of who we had on the team at that time, that was a good team on paper, but it just didn't mesh well. Chemistry is everything. Now you seem to be intense, you know, when you play inside the basketball court. Was there a time that you know you can recall you got an altercation uh, on the court with the player in the PBA? Yeah, two. <laughs> two of them, and it was funny because um, it was my first. It was the. It was the. Um, <laughs> it was the. It was the semifinals. My first year. It oh. was. Air. Uh, um, Air twenty one. Air twenty one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Air twenty one and oh, I don't know why I'm drawing blank right now, but uh, <laughs> I think of his name. That's when he tried to like pick me up, and we got in a little altercation, and I almost got suspended. But okay. the camera in the crowd, the third camera, not the TV camera, the stadium camera caught what really happened, and that's what saved me from getting suspended. Oh. And, <laughs> 2009 year, I blew up in the, was that the quarterfinals? Quarterfinals. I had an outburst in the quarterfinals, and it mm -hmm. was a little tussle, and I lost my cool that Thank game. Um, and I, I think it was Arlen Santos. Oh, he's still playing right now. <laughs> I think it was Arlen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And we got in a little tussle, but it was one of the times, that was the time that them doing that got the best of me. I and see. It, and, it, and it hurt us. Because then um, Coach Ryan didn't play me the entire second half. Mm, I see. Yeah, he never put me back in the game. So your con con contemporaries or your, you know, the ones that you played in the PBA during your time, you know, one, one by one, they're slowly, you know, fading away, retiring. <laughs> The question is, have you retired from playing basketball or are you still on the go? No, I'm retired. Mm -hmm. I, reti I retired. I really retired like five years ago. Oh. I've done little stuff like I wouldn't play in little cups and stuff just to kind of like, you know, like I was getting the itch, so I wouldn't play in something real quick and came back. But uh, I retired five years ago. What was the turning factor or the turning point that decided you, uh, I'm gonna shut it off, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Injuries. Injuries, wow. Um, I played my entire career with scoliosis. Oh. Like I got severe cases like scoliosis. And towards the end of my career, um, I couldn't stop from getting injured. Like my back was, it was giving out. And you know, when you got scoliosis, you tend to lean to one side, so. You start overcompensating. So I was getting like little nagging injuries. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like bad injuries. Like I like blew a knee out or like, you know, ankle really bad. It was just kind of like I would pull my groin or like I went to play. When I went to play, um, like even when I went and played the, uh, the national team, when I played the Philippine national team when we was out in Taiwan. Jones Cup. <laughs> like. It was little stuff like I hurt my wrist. It was like little stuff that kept happening. It was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I tore my abductor muscle. Um, so then I had to sit out like six to eight weeks. It was like little dumb stuff. And and then my back was always hurting. So I was like, it's time to give it up. Was it hard, you know, hard for you to accept it? That, you know, you're playing here. Very years much, 
very much so. I didn't see it. It was really dark. Especially when you go out because of injuries and not because it's just like you can't keep up with the game. It's tough. I see. How, how were you able to, you know, overcome it? You know, accept it? How were you able to accept it? Time. Time, therapy, and adjustment. I see. To being, adjusting to not being a basketball player. I see. So after after your playing career, your professional playing career, what kept you busy? Of course, there are some players when they stop playing already professional ball, uh, they venture into coaching. They venture into training. How about you? What did you do? I went to the training early. I did a little bit of coaching, but I also like business-wise i was doing a few things so i was trying to figure out like which what i was gonna put my time into i see like then because like when you retire you just got all day now it's like i don't have to get up to practice i don't have to go away train you know i don't have to do this extra work i just kind of got all day to do stuff now so yeah. it's like figuring out what you're gonna put your time into uh understanding what you're good at that's not basketball related you know um Spending the time with my kids and my wife that, you know, they sacrificed all in the years with me, like traveling and playing mm -hmm. and not being home all the time. So it's really trying to figure out how to balance life. I see. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, what are the rituals? Could you recall the rituals that you do before playing basketball? Or do you have any rituals? I mean, I had some. Um, not so much in the Philippines, but later on in okay. my career. I used to always, um, like when I played in Korea for all those years, mm -hmm. I used to make a few of the teams, like they would have to put like hot and cold tubs inside of the gym um, because most of the time I wasn't the player that go out and shoot before the game two and three times. Okay. I, I like sit in water and listen to music up until like an hour before the game. Okay. Then I get out, stretch. I try to drink like a, a, a gallon of water. That was my ritual. <laughs> I, would, I would turn my music on. Uh, hour and a half before the game, I get in the water. I sit in the water for 30 minutes while I listen to my music and I'm drinking water while I'm sitting in the water. And I got to be able to kill a gallon of water before the game starts. And I need, and I need to, uh, I need to pee twice. That was like my ritual. <laughs> Now, in your own perspective, what were the difference of how the games are played before and now? When I, what you mean when I was playing earlier in my career yes. now? Yes. It's more softer. Oh. It's softer. <laughs> now, what advice could you give to someone, you know, wanting to follow a footsteps of our marking Chandler? I had, man, I had so many obstacles, reason why I could have stopped, like from scoliosis to almost dying in that motorcycle crash to, yeah. you know, just dealing with my own like issues like it was so many reasons I could have stopped but I never stopped you know like I could have been down after I got 
home from Belgium and curled up in the ball, but I ended up like not letting that shake me and going to the Philippines and, and like thinking about how ironic it was. Like I got hurt in Belgium, nice. sent home, came straight to the Philippines, won the MVP and lost in the championship. All that happened in one year. Wow. So if you have a chance, for example, a, you're around 38 right now, right? 38, 39? Yeah, 38. 38. 38. What would the 38-year-old Mark tell a 21-year-old Mark Chandler? <laughs> Get in shape and calm down. <laughs> Make sure you're in tip-top shape. And uh, and calm down, man. Go get some. Make sure you get that. Yeah. So, okay. So I have here, you know, before we end, I have here some questions. Just tell me on top of your mind or on top of your head the first yeah. thing that you think of. Okay. Okay. Favorite PBA player. PJ. PJ. Favorite NBA player. Current or all time. Uh, all time, Jordan. Favorite team in the NBA growing up? I want to say the Warriors, but it had to be Chicago because they had the most influence over me. I see. Now, player in the PBA that made you say, "Wow, he's good." There's a lot of them, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good players. Uh, uh, Mark Aguigua. Wow. Um, I'm gonna just go down the list. Okay. Mark, because I want to get him focused. Mark was really good. Um, of course, of course, like my whole Pure Foods team was good. Villain the Wave was good. Um, we always battled. I really liked him. Um, what, what was it? I, LA to Denario. Yeah, LA was good. I liked him. He was gritty. Um, I'm trying to think because Talking <laughs> Tech had a few of them, you know, like more like Carrie, his his strong. He he was always a problem. I always respected him. Um, uh, when he was there, uh, Eric Mink. Oh yeah, he, he was in his prime. He was really good. Um, uh, Jimmy, of course, Jimmy. Even though I never had to guard Jimmy that much, I thought. Even though I never had to guard Jimmy that much, I, I hated playing against him. I love playing against him, but he his ass was good, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a few. It okay. was a few. I can't so, think of everybody's name off the top. If I if you if I'd have known this question before, I would have gave you a list because it it was <laughs> some players in the PBR really respect like like they really made me play my best like. It was some players that I, I had to go to sleep a little bit earlier the night before because nice. I wanted to make sure I was ready. But of course, when you played in the states, you you played us uh, us uh, three or two or three position. Mm -hmm. But I then played, it, yeah, I played one through four. Really depends I where see. I was at. Yeah. I see. So there wasn't much adjustment when you came to the Philippines. No. No, nah, because that's um, that was how I played in college. I see. I was inside and outside, so I I was ready. I was ready for the Philippines, nice. and you know, I was more of a physical player. So when I when I start seeing them playing physical, I'm like, oh, I like this league. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> player in the PBA that you had a hard time defending. 
Filipino or just Filipino or import, either way. The only one I I wouldn't say I had a hard time defending. His arm was so long. It was James Penny, man. Who's James oh Penny. James Penny, Red Bull. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't get that right hand straight arm. <laughs> I could never reach it, man. He it, it was like I always missed it, like. <laughs> And it wasn't like he was just beating me. I could not catch that shot. So I, I would probably say him, and I would probably say, um, help me remember. I can't think of his name off top. He had one year where he was like really in his bag. Um, who did he? He played for San Miguel my first year. He Filipino about, or import? Filipino, about six six. Ah, a little bit of guard skills. Six six. Danny Siegel. Daniel Defonso. <laughs> oh, Danny Seagull, yeah. <laughs> not, the big, not the tall Seagull, uh, the shorter Seagull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, one year, Danny, Danny was on his game. Yeah. It was one year he was on his game. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, 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 Danny, Danny, all right. Now, Danny. player in the PBA that you had a hard time Eluding the defense. I don't think I had one player. I think I think certain players caught me at certain times. I, see. I don't think it was just one that that I was like, oh man, I can't get anything off. <laughs> it, it was certain teams put certain strategies together. Like Red Bull knew how to get under my skin. Oh yeah, <laughs> under Coach Yang. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to choke Coach Yang a few times. Yeah, and it was funny because because early in my career I hated Coach James, but I, I learned to respect him towards the end. Like I knew what he was doing; it was all part of winning. Like, like you gotta understand when you learn somebody vices and you go after them, you you gotta respect that because it was on me not to react. But he knew how to do it, man. Oh. <laughs> and, he and until now, he's doing that. <laughs> and it, and there was one player. Uh, oh, did he? Play? He played for Air Twenty One, and you know, you know what I'm talking about. Homer got, under, <laughs> Not got, got under everybody's skin. Oh, Winnie Arboleda. No, keep going. Uh, Homer say, uh, no, forgot. No. <laughs> he was a nag man, and I think he went to like San Miguel. Then I think he was a nag man. <laughs> Hey, I came out thinking his name right now. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. <laughs> uh, well, we'll hey. figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But him, uh, he, uh, he, uh, when I think of his name, he, he was the one. He got under my skin. I see. He, 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 it wasn't even so much the defense. He could always jar. He could always get a charge or two on me. Because I'd be overly aggressive with it. I see. So yeah. what what's the worst injury that you had? Uh when I rolled my ankle. I, I rolled my ankle one time and it should have broke. It should have broke, but yeah. it didn't. And it stretched all my ligaments out. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and then I had like all kind of scar tissue and I had bone spurs and I ended up having to get surgery on that later. That was probably my worst. I see. If you were to choose a good defender or a good scorer, 
And uh, MVP or championship? Championship. If we were to, last question, if we were to check your gym bag before, what things are we going to see that will shock or surprise us? I don't think anything is shock or surprise you. I probably didn't play in as many shoes as people thought I did. <laughs> like, sometimes I might have played in the same shoe the whole season. Or oh. I might play in the shoes the whole season. You know, like, a lot of players like changing their shoes a lot. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I, you know, my I had like funny, not funny feet, but my feet was, the shape of my feet, I always got to break the shoe in. So once I break the shoe in, I usually stay with it. Ah, I see. You will see the same <laughs> dirty shoe <laughs> in my bag for months. Like, dang, man, you why you, you got all these shoes over here? Why you don't get that? Because I broke that shoe in. And I'm a player, like, I'm very sensitive to how I play. So, like, mm-hmm. if I like how a certain shoe stop, um, to hit the brakes, how it stops. Yeah. And once I got it broken in, I'm probably going to wear that shoe. <laughs> like, it's funny. If I if I wouldn't got my gym shoe, I've been wearing the same pair of Damian Lillard for four years. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so that wraps up our episode in Extra Session. Uh, do you have any message to your fans? family or friends everybody in the philippines um thank you thank you for taking in a young kid trying to find his way and pretty much loving me like you like i was filipino um thank you for letting me and my wife have one of the best birthing experiences at medical city um, and having my daughter, Anaya, who I will be bringing out next year so she could get registered, so she could have her dual citizenship. Oh, so if I went around, she could play for the national team. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. and, would... and just thank you, you know. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for loving me. I see. Yeah. So um, thank you again, one, uh, Mark, and for this opportunity. You know, it's been a while since we last, you know, talked to you. Uh, I mean, I mean, you went to the Philippines around 2019, I, perhaps 2019, something like that. But you know, they weren't able to talk to you as much. You know, like learning how you started basketball, your journey in the Philippines, something like that. So this is something new to the Philippine basketball fans. You know, thank you for spending time with us. It was indeed a great honor for us to have you in this podcast, and hope. We can have you again sometime in the near future. Yeah, just let me know. And uh, prayers to everybody out there. I hope y'all made it out of the storm safe. Uh, I'll see you guys soon. Okay, so this has been Kiko Malikdem. And on behalf of the Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate, games are always exciting if there is an extra session. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit our website at www.guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Gorillas RE on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, 
feel free to reach out to us. A Kangaroo Fern production. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com